this is definitely not just another fitness podcast. I'm just a lazy fit person. I was there for seven days and I reckon I ate 10 pizzas. I eat like a monster. If you're not enjoying yourself, what's the point? Ask yourself why. Honesty and empathy are two great places to start. Start to associate yourself with the person you want to be. Health comes first, way above performance and appearance. Picture me naked. Fat Andy is not a nickname you want to stick. What are you having for tea? Purple Monkey Dishwasher. I'm just going to wee and caffeinate and I'll be ready. Use the sausage as a breakwater. I mean, I just want to touch people. <laughs> Naked, smothered head to toe in almond butter. 80% of the time, I agree with Andy 100%. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Welcome to episode 16 of the Not Another Fitness podcast. Today, we're doing a bit of myth busting, aren't we, Rambo? Or AKA the Bullshit Broadcast. The Bullshit Broadcast. What a great yeah. name for a podcast. <laughs> Maybe we should just rename and go with that for the whole lot. Yeah, we didn't think about this name thing for long enough, did we? No, we did not. And now we've got competition, haven't we, on iTunes. Someone else has got that name. Yeah, I searched us and, um, well, I searched our podcast and there was another, not another fitness podcast. But it technically, it started after we did. So... Yeah. With the original. Yeah, so if you want to get on there and give us some reviews, do so now. <laughs> time, is, time is of the essence. <laughs> please, please review us on Apple. Please. We've got, I think we've got three reviews. And I know from all the lovely comments that people have said or sent to us that I know we have more listeners than that. So if you do have time, please do jump on Apple and rate and review us. It does help get the podcast to other people. So I'm doing that plea early on now. Yeah, because my mum is not prepared to write a fourth. So... We need, we need help. And my mum in into protein. So. <laughs> We've already had her feedback. <laughs> Introduce yourselves properly and don't fucking do any, anything else about protein. I've had enough. <laughs> I've had my fill. I've got whey coming out my ears. She's probably not going to like this one either. Bad start. Bad start. <laughs> Sorry, mum. Right, where are we at? Let's get this bad boy back on track. So, Rambo, what have you been up to over the last week or so? It has been a week, hasn't it? It has been a week, I think. Yeah, it, it was just so, it feels like ages. Um, what have I been up to? I had, I went over to Southend on Monday, which was nice. So I had a photo shoot for a clothing brand. Um, shout out to Jay at Waddable. So if anyone wants to go check them out, they do uh, clothing for, um, yeah, fitness and athletic clothing. Um, so I did a photo shoot for them, which was very cool. Loved it. So got a few images back already and waiting for him to edit the other ones and uh, flick them over to me so I can see them. So that's exciting. Um, there'll be no Photoshopping, but he will be evening out my tan, which was quite nice. Oh, that's very um, nice. Yeah. So it's amazing what good lighting and a good camera can do. So that was fun. Um, nice to see their setup over there. Um, so go check them out. Um, that's it really. Just a standard week. Uh, clients doing well um got some more consultations lined up for next week uh clients are smashing it actually um it's i think it's coming out the other side of lockdown everyone's getting back into a routine and it's nice to see the behaviors that, that were ingrained during lockdown and now continuing and filtering through into some kind of normal life with those uh for those clients so that's lovely to see so yes um not much planned for this weekend. Maybe a burger, a few drinks. All grand. Standard. 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 Weekend. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I was just gonna ask you actually with the um with the photo shoot, what are you like in terms of in front of the camera? Like having to like strike a pose and flex. Absolutely awful. So my it's a, best... it's a nightmare, isn't it? Oh, one of my best friends, Sean. Shout out Sean. We also, I also call her Spud, my Spuddy. Um, she has this joke that the many faces of Amy Ramshead because she says have you seen that meme that is like I have two looks one is um one is an absolute banger and the other is the troll that's crawled out from under a bridge like that is me literally I'll either look like a right 10 or I'll look like I've walked out I crawled out from underneath the dustbin so Sean always makes that that point so but Jay, to be fair, Jay was awesome. So he has a little like gym set up there. So he was like, you know, just start training, 
throw some weights around, do some stretching, do some mobility and I'll just snap away. So it, and like, there was another one of his, um, I think one of his like uh, colleagues there as well, who was, we were just talking and chatting. So it was actually really, really natural. And it's kind of, it is awkward, but I suppose it's like anything, it's as awkward as you make it. So um, yeah, and I, I didn't really have to do anything in particular. I wasn't holding poses. It wasn't like I would, Im I would imagine like a fitness photo shoot is it was very much like and to be fair it wasn't about me it was about the clothes so he was just he wanted to just make yeah, sure that come on, come on you're the yeah you're not caring about the clothes <laughs> no 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 but like it so it wasn't awkward to be fair and like i know jay as well so um it was a bit different oh, good. But yeah i know well you've done a proper photo shoot before and i bet they're bloody awkward yeah i've only done one and one was enough rambo <laughs> to be fair that's why I asked that. So short summary of my week, nothing much happened. Just looking forward to getting back to the gym. But I'll tell you about when I got a, yeah, so I got a photo shoot done again, just as a, look, this is how you lose body fat. Book a photo shoot at the end of it, get spray tanned up and go and flex in your pants or shorts or whatever. Um, I mean, it's just, it was awful. I mean, it was all right in terms of the guy doing it. It was, it was like fine, but doing Training and having someone taking your photo is one thing, but literally just standing there flexing. Like my stomach was cramping at the end of that. It was, oh. it, it was horrific, absolutely horrific. And I was like, I could never do this. Not that I would be asked to, but out of choice, I'd be like, this is not, this is not the one. And like, to be honest, I would never do something like that anyway. That's why I quite liked the experience on Monday because A, it wasn't about me, it was about the clothes. B, like I had some shorts on and a sports bra and was doing all this mobility stuff you could see rolls on my belly and like obviously it's weird because when I look at photos the first thing my eye goes to is the rolls on my belly but when you actually look at the photo as a whole you don't see it like it doesn't matter it's just me and like it's it I would rather have that more kind of um yeah more natural way of doing it than have fucking ab cramp mate that does not sound fun <laughs> That was probably due to one, the incessant flexing and two, the really poor depleted nutrition and, oh. and uh, yeah, mineral balance leading up to it. But Ooh. yeah, if anyone fancies uh, doing a photo shoot, give us a shout and I'll uh, give you a few tips. Um, I'll tell one, one last thing, we'll move on from that. When I turned up, the guy was like, oh, you know, what have you got? Um, what have you got to wear and stuff? And I was like, oh, you know, just shorts, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's like, oh, have you got any oil on you? And I was like, no. He's like, do you want some? I'm like, will it make a difference? And, he, and, I, and I initially thought, and he was like, yeah, yeah it will, or, you know, helps like bring out the, the definition and stuff. Um, and he got this bottle of oil out of the bag. And I was like, I had that split second of, is he going to pass that to me? Or is he just going to start smothering <laughs> me with it? <laughs> in some <laughs> warehouse in North London or wherever the hell it was. <laughs> luckily he gave me the bottle and said there you go fill your boots so it was fine but um it's, it was it's funny isn't it how you find yourself in these situations so at one point like it's like oh take the top off no we'll just have you in the bra and if you could just turn the top of the shorts down and i'm like i'm in a room with a man that isn't my boyfriend and he's asking me to take off my clothes like this is bizarre like <laughs> it, it's bizarre how like business like it is don't you think yeah. though yeah it's very like they've Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was similar. It's just like, oh yeah, can you just do that? Just put your hand above your head, just like squeeze your abs, flex it. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, I'm in a warehouse. Yeah, somewhere in London, some random guy with a camera and I'm in my pants, greased up, <laughs> flexing. <laughs> what Love am I it. doing? How have I got here? <laughs> How has my life brought me here? A series <laughs> of poor choices, ladies and gents. Oh, funny, funny. Right, let's get onto the meat of this podcast. So we've been toying with this one for a while, haven't we? Doing some kind of like myth busting type um, type show because there's no doubt about it in health and fitness, especially there's, there's a lot of myths that, that they just don't tend to go away. They just hang around like a bad smell, don't they? They really do. They really yeah. do. So we just, we jotted down a few uh, and if any, if any come to us as we go along, we'll, we'll include them as well. But we're just going to go through one by one, talk about the myth, uh, maybe where it comes from and why 
you probably shouldn't do it or shouldn't believe it. Um, who wants to start? Um, I'm not on the right page. There we go. I will start if you like, because I know about this one a little bit enough to talk about it. Um, fasted cardio then what's that rambo what's fasted cardio Fasted cardio. so doing any form of when we say cardio we mean some kind of aerobic exercise maybe depending into going anything that works kind of um your lungs your transportation of oxygen around the body your circulatory system um anything that gets the heart rate up basically so ideally aerobic but sometimes goes into the anaerobic state in terms of if you're pushing it a little bit harder so any kind of interval training will get into more like anaerobic levels but anything where you're really trying to um, improve your fitness levels, I would say, would be termed as cardio. Um, fasted implies that you are doing it in a fasted state, which means you have not consumed any food or energy. Um, so, for example, if you get up in the morning and you go for a run before work, before breakfast, that would be fasted cardio. Um, there is a little bit of a myth in the fitness world, or there is a, mm, I think it's been busted probably the last few years but i suppose we're in the know there are some people out there that still believe that fasted cardio is maybe superior for weight loss um there was a little bit of a um let's say like a, a i don't want really to say a rumor there was a little bit of information flying around that it taps into your fat stores a little bit more than say other um if rather if you eat before um, training or doing any kind of cardio, then obviously you wouldn't burn what you had the night before and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'd just like to call bullshit on that. Fat, not fast. Fasted cardio is not superior for fat loss. Um, being in a calorie deficit is what is superior for fat loss. So um, if you want to do cardio, like I'm just going to go go ahead with my personal opinion, really. Go and well, the opinion that is based in science. If you want to do cardio as your form of training to try and increase your aerobic capacity or increase your um, recovery threshold or increase your anaerobic capacity, then whenever you do it, that's like your personal preference, to be honest. And it by doing that or by eating before, if you... Some people can train on an empty stomach and they feel absolutely fine doing that. Some people can't train on an empty stomach. They actually feel depleted. They feel like they can't go that extra mile or they can't push it a little bit more while they're in that fasted state. So they might actually need to consume a little bit of food before they go and do any form of cardio. Either or is complete personal preference. In terms of fat loss, being in a calorie deficit over a sustained period of time, that is what is going to get you to fat loss. By doing fasted cardio, that is not going to get you there any quicker. That is not going to get you there, give you the holy grail of fat loss. Unfortunately, the holy grail of fat loss is being in a calorie deficit for a long period or consistent period of time. Would you agree, my friend? I would. Thank you for eight percent of the time. Well. No, I pretty much completely agree with that. Um, so actually, this is a so just to reiterate, yeah, doing fasted cardio is not superior for fat loss. The most important thing is getting the cardio done. If that if you're using that to help, you know, help with weight loss, um, this is actually like a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, so some of the myths you're like when you're when you find out that it's not true, it's like oh, that's a bit of a downer. I was, I bought a load of green tea and I really thought it was going to help with fat loss, for example. Whereas with like fasted cardio, if someone tells me, do you know what, Andy, it doesn't matter. You can, you can eat before a workout or you can train on an empty stomach. It makes no difference to me. That's like brilliant because now I've got yeah. choice. So now I, it's one less thing that you have to worry about and factor in. And without kind of delving too far into the science of it, look, if you train, on an empty stomach this is kind of where the confusion comes from if you train on an empty stomach in a fasted state you're likely to use a higher percentage of fat for fuel especially if it's that kind of steady state cardio like you know going for a going for a walk going for a jog going for a bike ride but that does not equate to greater fat loss over like a 24-hour period or by the end of the week and that's the 
that's what people get a little bit um, sucked into. And, and when presented in a certain way, it can look superior because it's a higher percentage, but it's the total that, that rings true at the end of the day. So yeah, unfortunately, calorie def- the, the, the size of the calorie deficit is the most important thing. And if you run a 5K fasted or a 5K um, fed, and you burn the same amount of calories, well, guess what? You'll get the same amount of weight loss at the end of it. Yeah, true. Um, do you think it's a good idea just to mention fasted training in general? Because, uh, I mean, we talked about fasted calorie for fat loss, but um, like just as a quick one, like fasted training in general. So if you go and do a strength workout in the morning in the fasted state, again, same principle applies. It completely depends on personal preference. Um, again, you're, it, it will be hard to maybe tap into your carbohydrate stores if you are fasted. So it might be that you you might notice marginal differences in strength, but not max, especially if you had like a big meal the night before. All I would say with regards to any kind of fasted strength training is your glycogen stores are going to then be quite depleted afterwards. So I would try and get some food in pretty pronto after you've completed any kind of fasted strength training. So get some good form of carbs in and some good form of protein in as well. Just so um, if you haven't got any carbs or any fat going on in uh, any fat stores for your body to actually utilize, we don't want the body to turn to amino acids as a source of fuel, which is unlikely to happen However, if you stay in that fasted state for a prolonged period of time after any kind of strength training, then that's where the danger lies. So always a good idea for recovery to try and get in some kind of carbs and proteins after any kind of fasted strength training. Very sensible advice. And just to round it off with like, yeah, with my thoughts on the training side of things, if we talk about fasted training for, um, for fat loss, that's probably the to me, there's like no correlation with that. So I wouldn't even consider it. If you talk about fasted training in terms of um, more intense sessions, so maybe resistance training sessions or even intervals, what you have to think about or what might be worth considering is for some people, if they eat beforehand, they might be able to perform at a higher level, get an extra couple of reps out, run a little bit faster, run that last interval quicker. So it has that knock-on effect of suddenly you get a more productive training session. Maybe, maybe mm. you get an extra like couple of percent on. So over one session, it's not going to make a huge amount of difference. If you consistently get better results by eating some food before you train, then maybe that's something you look to, to program in. Um, but in terms of the myth itself, which is fa- uh, training, um, yeah, fasted cardio is superior for fat loss. It's exactly that. It's a myth. Busted. Busted. Done. Busted. Next one on the list. Um, High intensity interval training versus low intensity steady state cardio. This is your one on here, mate. So what's the particular myth that you would like to highlight here? Um, Again, just that one is superior than the other for fat loss, really. Um, I have a bit of an issue with high intensity interval training in that very few people actually perform it to its truest form. Um, High intensity interval training is periods of maximum intensity um, with minimal rest in order to produce an adaptation. Um, And very, very few people actually have ever perform it at maximal intensity. Um, I mean, God, I can think of probably two occasions in my life that I've ever performed at maximal intensity and I'm not going to lie. It was fucking disgusting. I ended up on the floor. So like, you know, if you're doing any kind of high intensity interval training, it's going to take a lot out of you physically and it's actually going to require a lot of recovery. Um, so I've had a bit of an issue over lockdown with all these um, fit pros on Instagram doing their Instagram lives of any kind of HIT training um, and doing them five days a week. HIT is not designed to be performed five days a week because any level of intensity in training is designed to have the appropriate recovery. Um, and 
I would argue that if you are doing hit five times a week, there's, you're probably not making much progress or feeling much fitter. And there's a reason for that because you're probably doing it too much and not allowing your body time to recover from it with regards to it being superior for fat loss. Once again, all it's going to do is exercising in that manner is just a way of creating a calorie deficit. If you're in a calorie deficit and you're trying to perform at maximal intensity, you're going to get very tired, very quickly and very fatigued and probably be under recovered as well. So I would argue that HIT is not the best, best thing. Or if you are going to utilize HIT in terms of creating a calorie deficit or you just enjoy that type of training, that's fine. But maybe make sure you're doing it at a time where you know you're fueled and you've got enough energy. With regards to LIS, so when we say LIS in terms of low intensity, steady state cardio, um, so this could just be something like a 60 minute bike ride that is purely aerobic. Your heart rate doesn't get up too much. It's completely flat. There's no hills. There's no kind of moments where you really have to push it again. If we're talking about fat loss, all it's going to do is create a calorie deficit. It keeps it aerobic. It means you can sustain it for longer periods of time, um, which means you can go for longer. So um, walking on a treadmill for an hour, wonderful. Like, And don't forget, these two types of training are very, very different. There are people who cannot physically perform HIIT because of their physiology because it might be the way that they're new to exercising in any increase of intensity increases risk for injury as well and if you're brand new to exercising i would not send somebody straight into a hit session particularly if they're you know got a lot of weight to lose they're obese maybe they've got injuries already you know i would maybe say okay well what can you do can you maybe go for a half an hour walk on the treadmill or can you maybe go for a low impact 20 minutes on the cross trainer or something like that. So again, it's thinking about the person you've got in front of you. Neither one is superior than the other. And I would actually argue that the ability to consistently do more low intensity stuff, you can still get your heart rate up doing low intensity stuff, but not to that maximal level would actually allow you to make adaptations over a longer period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan actually of, uh exactly what you said there like the lower intensity stuff yeah over a prolonged period of time or especially if someone's trying to diet and there's not as much fuel on board so recovery's already compromised a little bit anyway so actually doing some lower intensity work can be a bit kinder on the body so that's something to think about and like you said in terms of whether you know high intensity interval training or just lower intensity stuff it's unfortunately and i wish it wasn't the case but it is all about like how many calories it burns so there's there's benefits and there's or there's positives and negatives about each one so when you pick when you decide which one works for you just don't base it around the theory that one is superior to the other it's very much a, a kind of horses for courses thing so interval training in general is it's over and done with a little bit quicker so maybe if you're if you're struggling for time that could be an option um, there's added benefits that come with interval training or higher intensity training. So like that, those adaptations. So you're probably going to get fitter, um, you know, more stress put on the cardiovascular system. So in terms of fitness, definitely like interval training for me, like with my running is, is a, a fundamental part of me getting quicker over time. That's exactly what I do. But we talk again, the, the myth is that it's superior for fat loss and, and, and actually fat loss in general and losing weight seen a, is seen in some circles as this way of a kind of punishing our body and everything's got to be hard and everything's got to be brutal. And exactly like you said there, you know, do you, you do a genuine hit session and, you know, you might be on the floor afterwards feeling a little bit sick and don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for it, but for most people to do something consistently, which is the whole name of the game, a lower intensity approach is probably going to be the, the way to go. And yeah, it's just, I think people like the the reason why they think they've done more is because the it's the feeling of feeling broken and and thinking like god well that must be better than going for a walk well 20 minutes of high intensity work versus let's say say you burn 300 calories in your hit session and you burn 300 calories going for a 
um, an hour or so walk, it's, it's going to have the same impact on fat loss, but you're going to wake up from the walk the next day, not feeling like you've been hit by a bus. Um, so just think about that when you select your, your method, um, just don't pick one because you think it's better than the other because it's probably not. Yeah. I just actually put a story on my Instagram about, um, exercising versus activity two very, very different things. So like you could go and do a half an hour hit session and lie on the sofa or go back in bed for the rest of the day and burn 300 calories. Whereas you could not do any exercise for that day, but you could just be out and about being active, hit 15,000 steps and you've actually burned 600 calories above and beyond what your, you know, basal metabolic rate would be. So it's then effectively you put yourself in more of a deficit if fat loss is the goal and you're a bit less broken. So I think it's a brilliant point. Yeah. You've got people who are really sedentary have really sedentary jobs go and beast themselves for half an hour, 45 minutes doing one of these hit classes. And they're like, Oh, it's okay. Cause I've trained. Well, no, you'd actually probably benefit a little bit more from going out, going for a walk, being more active in your everyday life. Um, those are the things that mean you can maintain a little bit more balance with maybe the way you eat, or that would put you in a greater calorie deficit overall. So yeah. And like when you're talking about your interval training sessions, I bet you don't do interval runs every day, do you? Nope. Nope, exactly. So there are periods of intensity with any kind of athleticism. Oh, there's another word that got me, Andy. That's all right. You got got out of that quite nicely. Don't say it again. You've already said it now. Yeah. Don't try to. Damn it. Anyway, athletes build (laughs) to periods of intensity. Nice swerve. Yeah. They don't train for competition. They don't train at the level that they compete at all year round. They do sustainable things that gradually get them fitter over time peaking to periods of intensity and that periods of intensity is usually a competition yeah because if they trained at that level all year round they'd be absolutely broken um so yeah that's just something to think about yeah and and one thing that actually just occurred to me when we were going over um just just looking at that and i was thinking i wonder where this came from and part of it was like i said i think people like the feel you know the feeling of feeling broken or sweating or you know feeling a bit sick it's like yeah i've definitely worked hard but i think a lot of this came from um it came from some research or some uh, some beliefs that if you do like interval training or or push your like cardiovascular system harder there's a bit of like an afterburn effect so you're metabolic rate is increased more for longer afterwards yeah and it and it's true right but this is one of those things where it's true but it's true that that does happen but it's literally like you're talking about something like um i'm sure it's around like 10 calories difference or Mm. something but but in a percentage form that can look um massive that can look like oh this is definitely worth doing but it just doesn't have um it just doesn't have this profound beneficial effect that a lot of people uh, or you know certain fitness professionals or or people in the media or whoever when they talk about interval training being oh this is the way this is the this is the key to it it's not it's just another it's just another form of training it's there is nothing special about it in terms of fat loss absolutely none wasn't that study though that study was like those participants they were literally going to like maximum intensity weren't they they weren't just yeah, they were being beasted. They weren't just like, 30 seconds of burpees for time. And they knew that they had to go and do the shopping and pick the kids up from school later. Like, do you know what I mean? They were actually being like, they were left on the floor. So, and that kind of stuff like taps into your CNS so much that you are broken for the rest of the day. So CNS Rambo for the oh, uh, central nervous system. Thank you very much. If anyone's ever, if anyone's ever gone to maximal intensity and walked out of a workout where they literally feel like they're having an out of body experience, (laughs) that is what it feels like. And like sat down to eat later and just been like, having a a moment having a moment like that is what it feels like when your cns is that battered and it's only happened to me a couple of times with a couple of workouts i've done one being the rowing tester that we did once at um 
lift off and we were talking about that yesterday in class actually disgusting that's funny so when you were talking about that that i was thinking about my experience on a rowing machine because that's the last time i can remember feeling absolutely horrendous talk me through yours um it was it was like some kind of like like monthly gym competition they were doing at the time so i can't remember if it was it would have either been like 500 meters or a thousand it was some kind of like sprint basically um but you know natural i'm not i'm not generally competitive but obviously with a load of people egging you on it's like okay let's go for it uh, so i finished it i remember getting off and like my legs being complete jelly and being sat by the side of the rowing machine like and thinking i'm gonna have to move here because i'm just gonna seize up got to the changing rooms and i i i think i might have passed out because i basically like lay down on my back um and just you know started to feel a little bit dizzy and then kind of like woke up again so yeah, not uh, not a good look that, not a good look at all. Right, we've hammered that. Yeah. Next one on the list. Um, do you want to take BCAAs or do you want me to jump ahead with this food will help me lose fat? No, you go. I think you go. I've spoken enough. Okay, mate. You just chill out for a bit. Oh well, thanks, mate. Um, so next one on the list I've got here is X food will help me lose fat. So. This happened to me the other day, which is why it's um, why it's Ooh. fresh, fresh in my mind. And I'm gonna I'm gonna name and shame here. Uh, <gasps> it's my my mother-in-law, Sue Sturgeon, oh. who um, actually she did two hilarious things when she came around the other day. First of all, she um, was appalled that Sarah was eating hula hoops, which which made me laugh. <laughs> she was like, "You shouldn't be eating them," and Sarah's like, "Why shouldn't I?" She's like, well, well, Andy. I was like, don't look at me. Don't drag me into this. So I was like, you, you make your case against hula hoops and we'll listen. Uh, ready salted. Ready salted. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take that. At least it wasn't beef. That's Sarah's favorite beef. Oh, no. I loved your <laughs> wife until then. You Not beef. You can't be trusted with crisp flavors either after your debacle on Facebook the other day. Salt and vinegar or prawn cocktail, the only two flavors. Prawn cocktail. Anyway, um, what's I saying? Yeah, she had a go at Sarah because hula hoops too greasy, apparently, which made me chuckle. Um, and then we got into the discussion of context with food and that kind of stuff. But then it, as it flowed on, I was like, uh, so what would you have as a snack soon? She's like, oh, I'll tell you what I'm doing at the moment. I'm, I'm eating yogurts. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and she looked, I didn't say, I didn't comment any further. And she looked at me and was like, well, they're good. They're good for you, aren't they? And I was like, what do you mean by good? Like just being a complete arsehole, basically. Yeah. Um, to your mother-in-law. To my mother-in-law. She loves it. Um, but she's like, oh, no, but they're good, for, they're good for weight loss. They help you lose weight, don't they? And I was like, and I, I could see Sarah laughing away, like at the corner of my eye, because she knows this, this conversation. <laughs> Anytime anyone asks me this at like a wedding or a party or a social, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go and get the drinks now. And he's going to educate a bunch of people. <laughs> um, and jokes aside, it's... This myth is just like there's, that there's any food that is inherently good or superior at helping you burn fat. And that to a lot of people is going to sound mind-blowing because they're going to be like, well, surely an apple's better than a chocolate bar. This is the way the argument goes, right? Yeah, but surely, surely like, you know, like salmon and rice is better than fish and chips. And it's, it's not a case of better right or it's not a case of that's going to help you lose fat quicker and it's the it i think what people get confused is a difference between food quality and food quantity and again if we're talking about weight loss or fat loss the number one driver is a calorie deficit and a calorie deficit is all about quantity not quality of the food so for example I could eat the worst diet in the world. I could be eating, uh, I could be drinking like pints of hydrogenated fat and living off Pringles and hula hoops or whatever else. If I was just eating 1500 calories a day versus a diet of 2000 calories, which was pristine, you know, all fresh whole ingredient foods, I would lose more weight eating the shit diet. I'm going to feel a bit terrible. Bad way. 
Yeah. I'd be in a terrible state. I'd be awful. I don't recommend it. I don't think you should do that. But that's how powerful calories are in terms of weight loss. They are everything. So when someone says blueberries are good for weight loss, avocados good for weight loss, chia seeds are good for weight loss, salmon's good for weight loss, they're not. They're, they're just parts part of a healthy diet. They're not. They're not helping you lose weight. There's a uh, there's the kind of combination of if you eat better food, you, there's less chance of overeating it. It's a separate argument. But if we're just talking about the numbers, um, yeah, there isn't, there is no such thing as a fat burning food or a, this is better for fat burning type food. Yeah. Rambo. Yeah. No, I completely agree. The word I always use is optimal. Um, so there are foods that are more optimal for health in terms of they are usually whole whole foods whole whole foods um and they create they contain micronutrients vitamins minerals and they are usually single ingredient foods but however even they are not superior for fat loss they are you know the analogy i always think of is the avocado so an avocado is a wonderful food with lots of health benefits but because of its macronutrient composition, it has a lot of calories. So if you overconsume avocados, which is very, very easy to do because they are delicious, uh, you will put on weight as opposed to. So if you consume, like, like you've just said, Andy, if you consume 2,000 calories of avocado and, and uh, like 1,000 calories of chocolate, you'll lose weight with a thousand calories of chocolate. So it's those, and it, we give like, we give a health halo, don't we? Or society or the industry a gives a health point. halo. Yeah. To some of these foods in terms of like the way they label and market and package things up. So, you know, all these like health bars or energy bars or vegan at the moment is the latest health halo. Well, there are lots of vegan and I'm not bashing the ethical or moral reasons that some people are vegan. Like I completely take that those on board and, you know, we've been experimenting with our foods and there's a lot of vegan foods that we enjoy as well. However, vegan at the moment is seen like a real health thing. Well, Oreo cookies are vegan, like, you know, and delicious. And delicious and very delicious. But, you know, like there are a lot of health halos out there will, that will promote foods. Um, so people will eat them thinking, oh, that's going to give me fat loss. But it's, but it's vegan. It's got to make me slim. It's got to mean I'm going to lose weight. And it's like, well, no, when you look at the back of that packet, that actually has more calories in than the Kit Kat Chunky. And I'd take a Kit Kat Chunky any day. In fact, Honestly. I've got some in the cupboard. That um, that's a podcast in itself. It should be like the top five unhealthiest health foods, or, so, or, or something like that. Because when you were saying about the vegan thing, and you think you just literally cast your mind back over the last, say, five years, we've had like, vegan is very much the um, like the kind of buzz at the moment. But before that, you had you know look at the range now of like gluten free, yeah, wheat massive. free, and like how big that's got look at the use of protein as a, again, as like a health marker. And again, it's not a bad thing. They're trying to get more protein into foods, but it's just that, um, you know, clever packaging or clever labeling. Look, if, if you want a really simple bit of advice in terms of like food labeling and stuff like that, ignore every word that's written on it, turn it over, go to the back and look at total calories per pack. If you're concerned predominantly with, with weight loss or trying to reduce calories down, the, the total calorie number is the one, that counts not whether it's healthy or free from or high protein or whatever it is that stuff does not matter yeah. it does not matter in, in the in like the those one-off purchases um but yeah it's um it, it is quite difficult i think for people to get their heads around that and just like the fasted cardio thing you can you can look at it in two different ways so i've just told you now that there's no foods that you can buy out there that are going to accelerate weight loss so people might be like oh what that's that's terrible. Like I thought I was, you know, making good decisions. The reverse is true. There's no food, just like there's no foods that are going to help you lose weight. There's no foods that are inherently fattening either. So yeah. what you, what I would like implore people to take from this is that finding a balance and having, yeah, for health, eat whole ingredient 
um, minimally processed foods. But if you enjoy having a bag of hula hoops or um, uh, Pringles or you like avocado, do you, do you know what I mean? Just have them in, but just look at the diet as a whole. Don't look at things in, you know, good versus bad, right versus wrong. Very black and white, very much the thinking of the time as well. Yeah. And it's easy. It, it makes very good. Um, it makes great social media fodder for people to put, you know, top five foods that reduce belly fat, top five foods that cause cancer. All that stuff is just yeah, it's bollocks. It's heinous. It's not good. So, yeah, yeah stay clear. Um, we've had this conversation before the two of us as well. But like like you just said, on the flip side, I was walking down the street today drinking a energy drink and bumped into someone I know. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't drink those. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> like. Like, oh they're bad aren't they i thought you were healthy i'm like oh i'm not even gonna go there like don't even start yeah he's just just, and... hold it, just holding up my um caffeine free diet coke oh no mine was full of caffeine but um <laughs> but no like for god's sake like come on we're past this like if if i if I had a really, really suboptimal diet that was made up of purely just energy drinks that were full of sugar, high fat, highly processed, highly calorific foods, then it'd be a different conversation. But I am a health seeking individual that enjoys eating and drinking things that she likes in moderation. So you can fuck off. Your, like, stom your stomach are being bits as well, mate, to be fair. Oh, yeah, exactly. That. Like I really do. Like when some people challenge you about what you eat, especially the last year or so i literally am like are we still doing this like let's get past this you know yeah. oh, one day mate maybe one day people will people will get it um next on the list do you want to pick one um what do you fancy <laughs> i've just seen crunches for a six pack it's a classic it's a classic um, so yeah, doing shitload of ab crunches or sit-ups for in whatever form they come in, as there are many forms of a crunch for a six-pack. Um, oh god, do people still want six packs anyway? Like, are we still like? I mean, oh. I've had one and I've been told I look disgusting with it, so you know, like I'm fine with not having one. Hold on, Rambo. What are you telling me that doing crunches won't get me a six-pack? What? Well, what are you doing to me here? Okay, so let's go into the science a little bit. So when we talk about the six pack, we're obviously talking about the midriff, the core muscles. Core muscles actually come in many different layers. Um, so the, when you work the core, and anyone that's done any kind of like PT training, or um, especially if we get into the realms of pre and postnatal, which I know we're saving that for another podcast, but the core is actually made up of layers of muscle. And the ones that are most important probably to strengthen are actually the deepest ones, um, because they are the ones that are really going to give you that stability, make sure you're like, you know, rock solid, really help you brace through different movements, give you that strength that's going to allow you to lift that barbell off the floor, make sure that you're protecting your spine and your back and actually mean that you're less inclined to actually get any injury. So the deeper muscles that you really want to try and work are the ones that aren't actually activated by doing hundreds and hundreds of crunches. Um, and you could have the most perfect six pack as well that has been gained through strength training. And, you know, maybe you have done hundreds of crunches because they will work the surface muscles. You know, there is a little bit of activation still going on there when you do these kind of crunches. But if you do not have the low enough levels of body fat that you can actually see those abdominal muscles, they're just going to be hidden, I'm afraid. Um, I mean, we've all got a six pack underneath. It's always there. It's just underneath. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. And like, also, if you are the type of person that genetically carries a lot of weight around their midriff, you could diet and, you know, be in a calorie deficit for a long period of time, but you actually might not lose the weight of your midriff that you need to reveal those abdominal muscles. So, you know, it, you could have the best will in the world and have the leanest body. And we spoke about this before, like in terms of 
we I mean, just talk about the way my body's made up. Like my arms, my shoulders are always more defined, but my bum and my legs are nowhere near. I always lose it off my oh, top half before my bottom because that's just my genetic up. So if your genetic makeup's not of that makeup that you're going to lose um, body fat from your abdominal area, then unfortunately we're never going to see that six pack. And the thing is as well, as we get older, we're more predisposed to actually carrying body fat around our middle. So the older you get, the harder it's going to be. I'm really sorry. Thanks for that, mate. You've just crushed my dreams there. You've had one. You can shut up. No, I was thinking more about getting older. Just, oh, get, <laughs> well, you're up. there already, so you're also screwed. On beyond. Um, yeah, take home point is basically if you do, yeah, if you do crunches, there's nothing wrong with, with doing crunches, but like as, as Amy was saying there, actually, there's a lot more to core training than just endless setups and crunches. Um, again, probably another whole other podcast in itself the main reason people don't see a lot of visible six pack muscles is too much body fat. It's, it's not normally a lack of, um, you know, a lack of crunches or, or a lack of exercise. Like, you know, you don't have to do, you know, there's plenty of people that I know that, that don't resistance train that have got six packs, but actually most of them are runners and they're incredibly lean. So they've got yeah. low levels of body fat. So it's just, it kind of comes yeah. with the, they're not training for a six pack. They just run like maniacs and they've got them by default because the body fat levels low. Um, so if, yeah, the, the question of like, who wants to get a six pack? Well, if you do, first of all, question, question why there's nothing wrong with it, but just think about if it's going to take a, if we're telling you probably like lay off the crunches and then potentially look at the diet to reduce the body fat, it's actually quite a lot of effort unless you're predisposed to kind of being lean or you're incredibly active or again, if yeah, if you're younger, you're going to have an easier time but still potentially quite, you know, still potentially for a lot of people quite difficult. Like if you grabbed a hundred people on the street um, and got them to show you their stomachs, I mean, if you did that, you'd probably be arrested. But if <laughs> in a hypothetical situation, like that was an option, uh, you'll probably get a couple of people in that hundred that have maybe got, vis- have got visible abs. Like yeah. if you're lucky, like 5% maybe. Um, so yeah, just don't, if you're spending like 15 minutes like hammering the core at the end of a session maybe do five minutes and spend 10 minutes doing meal prep to look at the diet <laughs> do you know what i mean like yes, it's, just, it's not again nothing wrong with crunches it's it's just like um uh, is this a good comparison or not i was just gonna say it's like doing, is it a car analogy it's not a car analogy it's a, it's a training analogy but it's like when people want bigger arms and they just hammer curls all day long so there's nothing again there's nothing wrong with doing curls for direct arm work but actually if you were doing like the compound pulling movements you know getting some chin-ups in there alongside the curls that would be the best option so for um like a visible six-pack doing some core work is great probably a bit broader than just crunches but doing that combined with having low body fat or or taking care of the diet that's going to be the best that's going to be the best option so yeah just don't don't go hammering you know thousands of crunches day after day thinking that it's going to get you a six-pack because it won't i mean like the pt still program crunches like sometimes we do sit-ups in our workouts but like mainly i don't know mainly to get some floor work in or something like that and very 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 rarely it's usually kind of a scaling option for people that can't do any kind of toes to bar or anything like that yeah and i mean obviously there's a big there's a big difference between like toaster bar versus doing a crunch like kind of skill and strength level i mean i quite like it for you know people are um i don't know maybe people struggle to to get that kind of level of flexion maybe they're a little bit hip flexor dominant so you can kind of put them on the floor and just get them to really focus on uh, you know like a small controlled movement but yeah yeah. am i programming like sets and sets from i can't remember the last time i put them on a program let's put it that i I think there's better ways of doing i think there's better core exercises out there Oh, um, massively. That you can do. Um, I mean, most of my core exercises I do with my clients are um, isometric, to be honest. So a lot of more like holds, static yeah. stuff, um, things that really make them think about engagement rather than just because people do crunches wrong as well, like all the time where they just 
moving from their hips or they're using their like torso to generate some more kind of momentum and it, it's like yeah it's yeah it's, it's actually quite a good one to see maybe like how almost putting it in like a movement assessment to see how people move versus putting it mm-hmm. as like a you know like a right three sets of 15 type type thing in a in a plan but yeah Interesting. Nice, nicely done mate um your turn i mean i'm going for the most obvious one on there this is the one that i hear probably this is probably the myth that has been around since i started and i still hear it now and it's the no carbs after 6 p.m i mean it's an act or to be fair it could be there's two like iterations of it there's no carbs after six or there's no eating late or i don't eat after a certain time but generally it's i don't have carbs after 6 p.m and the myth is that if you do that it's going to be again superior for fat loss or weight loss and spoiler um it's a myth (laughs) so i look at it again let's take the positives out of that so the positives are you can eat carbs as late as you want and it's going to make zero difference so this is very similar to fasted cardio so let's say you've got let's take let's take a few of my favorite carb meals so let's say i've got porridge in the morning um i'm having a sandwich for lunch and i'm having rice for dinner now i can let's say i'm going by that i've got the belief that right i've got to get all these carbs in by 6 p.m so let's say i'm, I'm going to have my dinner real early i'm going to have it at like five o'clock and everything else stays the same versus a day where i eat normally and i have my rice dish at 7 p.m half 7 8 p.m whatever if the meal sizes stay the same the weight loss or weight gain or whatever it is stays exactly the same there's there's no there's no difference i think i think there's two reasons why this is pervasive and just won't go away if you weigh first thing in the morning which is something if you're going to weigh i think that's a good idea if you have a carb heavy meal later in the day you will probably weigh heavier because you hold a bit more water there's more food in the stomach therefore that's reflected on the scales and that freaks people the fuck out so that's one reason um and i think the other one is people again rightly so associate carbs as an energy source and they think well if i'm putting all this energy in before bed it's not going to go anywhere it's just going to sit in my muscles or you know just sit in the body or go or be or it's stored as fat and it does do that like if you take in a bunch of carbs before bed you know if you've trained that day maybe they go into the muscles that store glycogen if you haven't trained that day and maybe you've overeaten a little bit maybe they're stored as fat but the key there is that little word or those two words overeaten Mm. if you're eating the same calories it doesn't make any difference if you're overeating so it's not when the carbs are eaten it's the sum total of them again this is like i feel like i'm uh, banging my head against the brick wall here or just repeating the same thing with like it's the total amount of calories that have the overriding effect but it's but it's true um so please for the love of god don't remove all carbs out of the evening meal thinking that it's going to have a superior effect because it won't you can quite happily eat low carb meals like there's nothing wrong with that if but do it out of preference not because you think it's a better way of doing it all i will say i agree 80 percent. no i agree i agree 100 percent. but depending on the carb source that you are choosing may lead to the opportunity not opportunity but may lead to the tendency to overconsume on that macronutrient so for example if i gave you 100 grams of rice or 200 grams of cooked rice and you ate it you'd probably be full and i said do you want any more rice or kept giving it to you or said oh there's an unlimited portion of cooked rice in the kitchen you can have as much as you want you'd probably be like huh you keep eating yeah you and your porridge but you'd probably be like oh no you're all right i like i'm okay for cooked rice the thing is when people say that's a carbohydrate in its say like purest form when we're talking about carbohydrates after 6 p.m 
dinner tends to be a really lovely evening meal that you've enjoyed with your family, or maybe you've gone out for dinner. There's a little bit of flavor in there. There's a little bit of fat in there. There's a bit of sugar. There's a bit of salt. And those are things that make food really, really tasty and then leads to a little bit of overconsumption. So, or I say overconsumption in general, not even a little bit. So if we kind of factor all that in, if you've had a really lovely meal of say like say you've had like a stir fry and you've got a bit of soy sauce in there you know a little bit of ginger and you've had some noodles and a bit of chicken yeah you've got some veg in there but that salt and that carbohydrate mix is really on your tongue and you're like "Mm, I could really eat something sweet now and it's after 6 p.m that it's those kind of maybe more behavioral or environmental things that with the associative carbs make you then want to overeat even more carbs so even more combination of the carbs the fats the sugar and the salt um so i think there's a little bit of that in there as well um because eating carbs usually leads to eating more carbs which usually leads to eating more carbs because carbs are brilliant carbs are tasty yeah it's it's exactly like you said it's it's just overconsumption. so again like when we're talking about the you know x food doesn't make you fat but there are foods that are easier to overconsume and do lead to just you know like if i start eating a tub of ben and jerry's for example it's going to take all my willpower in the world to stop you know yeah. once i get to a portion's worth i mean i'm doing half a tub whatever happens oh me, maybe exactly and a lot of the time it might be the whole tub and that's gonna say half right mate (laughs) thousand calories in one of those bad boys i don't give a shit (laughs) if i'm going in i'm going in all or nothing um yeah and it's and that's that's the issue but again it comes down to quantity and overconsumption. it's not actually the the food itself and it's not the the time of day itself but when you combine these things together it can be quite a a potent mix like if you're um yeah by the end of the day you've had a few glasses of wine maybe you've had your evening meal you're just settling in and someone brings out like a giant bag of kettle crisps or whatever then that's a lot of carbs that can suddenly get demolished without really thinking about it um but again this come it, it comes down to portions it comes down to not overeating consumption all that stuff and it's just um yeah, if you're one of these people that actually quite enjoys eating later in the evening and it just suits your work and suits your um, kind of social life, if you like, then there's no reason why you can't. You might just have to be a little bit more mindful earlier on in the day. Yeah, all about balance. Always is, mate. Um, do you want to do one more or do you want to call it a day there? How long have we been going for? I'm thinking about the poor listeners. That must be coming up for an hour. Oh, it's as at least... Yeah, do you reckon? At least. I, can't, I don't know what time we started. As you can see, we're very aware with this podcast today. <laughs> yeah, we don't know, do we? We haven't got no. a bloody clue. I think when we start depends on how long we chat on, uh, off air for before, doesn't it? I think it was actually, we probably have been going for over an hour, haven't we? Yeah. But I definitely think there's scope for another myth or bullshit broadcast, let's bullshit say. Bullshit broadcast, myth busting. Bullshit broadcast. If you do have any um bullshit you want to call out <laughs> let's just say it in the fitness industry uh flick us a message we love hearing all your feedback and any kind of questions that you've got yeah because yeah. a lot of these are quite um like when we explain them out there's a lot of these there's like rational behind them so it's not yeah. like um it's not that people should feel stupid for it you know for for believing any of these because i think i probably believed i'm looking at that list now i probably believed every one of those at some point until someone was kind enough to kind of set me straight so yeah let us know if you've got any any questions or any myths you want us to have a little look into um and yeah we'll be more than happy to do that for you i'm just looking at them and seeing how many i believed i actually believed the last one for quite a long time yeah me too um we didn't even talk about that one save that there's the little cliffhanger uh yeah i believed all of those absolutely and i and i adjusted my diet and training around some of them as well wow you live and learn live and learn yeah i think i probably did as well yeah so don't feel bad everyone we all make we all make mistakes hopefully this is the whole point of the or one of the points of the podcast is to put out reliable information that you can actually 
um, you know, maybe it is a light bulb moment or maybe it just yeah. helps you prioritize your training and diet because, you know, this stuff is, um, it can be hard enough anyway without going down a path or, or adhering to a bunch of stuff that makes zero difference. Like none of the things we've mentioned, I don't think are, I'm just double checking before I say this. Uh, none of the things that we've mentioned or any of those myths, none of them are harmful. Like if you do any of them or if you believe any of them, it's not, it's not necessarily bad. It's just, to me, it's like a game of um, efficiency and where do you want to dedicate your time and how quickly do you yeah. want to get results and what do you want to focus on? And this is the, um, this is the whole point of, um, you know, learning, whether that's like taking the time to listen to podcasts or hiring a coach or going on YouTube and watching videos or whatever it is, just take some time to do it because you'll save so much time um, in the long term um, if you get on top of this stuff. Yeah. I literally was just going to say your time would just be better spent putting that energy into other things. That's all. Absolutely. Right, mate. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure as always. Looking forward to next week already. Like we said, any feedback ping it over we're more than happy to uh yeah happy to respond so yeah, yeah. that's us take that's it easy nice. mate bye-bye bye-bye thank you for listening to this episode of the not another fitness podcast if you liked what we do please subscribe and share tell all your friends and if you want to follow us over on our socials you'll find me and my contact details over on instagram at the flying food coach and you'll find andy over at facebook at the facebook group eat move lift enjoy or feel free to drop me an email on info at andrewjohnscraggs.com thanks again for listening until next time that'll do <laughs> yeah that'll do that's good that'll do. i'll put that on there as well that'll do <laughs>